corporate events, what are we seeing? What are the advantages? What is being alleviated? Thank you for tuning in to our newest live episode of the MSPS podcast broadcast. This episode, we will be discussing hybrid events. Please type your questions in the comment section for Q&A at the end of our broadcast. We would love to answer your questions. So as you think of them, please include those. We join you here from our studio in this amazing set that my team built. This is to offer an example of what a hybrid event is. Behind the scenes is our own Colin and Ron working the controls so that we can bring you this example of a mixed-use meeting. You can see these very important members of our team hard at work working the controls as we come to you from the stage. Last episode, someone asked us to define exactly what a hybrid event is. Here's a sneak peek of that. Uh, what do you consider a hybrid event? So I think a hybrid event is where you have some people present. Either you have your presenters present, you have a panel present, you have important speakers present, and then you have everything else virtual. So you're presenting the videos, you're presenting video content, anything pre-recorded, that portion is sort of the live portion because it's happening right now. People can tune in virtually, but you do have a set amount of people in place in that physical location. Agreed? Yeah, so a lot of the things where, they, where they're setting up in a ballroom right. and they bring in your, present, your presenters, yeah. some of them actually there, some of them you can pipe in from an insert studio somewhere else. Um, because for me, I'm I'm more comfortable in a ballroom. On stage. Yeah. I think we all are. Yeah, I'm playing a rock band. I, I like to be on stage. <laughs> you know what I mean? This this virtual concert stuff. Eh, it's pretty cool. It's okay. It's not, it's not the same. No, it's not the same. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. okay. Thank you. And we will go into that more in depth here in a couple of weeks when we have our next podcast broadcast. So I look forward to that. And welcome, here we are two weeks later, talking about hybrid events. Here we events. are. Yes, yeah. welcome to the future. So when considering hybrid events, some questions come to mind. How do we keep attendees, staff, presenters, and associates safe? How can we make the event have the same impact as a traditional event? What technology can we implement to make the event have the same excitement and reach? Now that we are seeing more of these hybrid events, we have more to inspire and propel us forward to continue making the same great impact our industry does while implementing those very important safety measures. One thing that I think has been impacted in these events is engagement. It is possible that with fewer live attendees, more questions from the audience members are addressed. The energy in the room is a little different. It could also be said that some are more comfortable engaging from their own personal space in a remote location without having to miss the information from the event. Considering that our industry is beginning to return to ballrooms, socially distanced, masked, and sanitized, Brandon, what do you think about all this? Um, I agree. Uh, as far as audience participation goes, I think you'll get um, more questions from the audience. A lot of people don't enjoy public, public speaking. Uh, I know I don't. <laughs> um, I would be more inclined to ask a question if I was just typing it into a comment box rather than standing up in front of a room full of a thousand people with sure. just And many people are like that. Me. Yeah, like it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 
so that you have time, more time for that. I think yes. the, the biggest concern, of course, is for the health and safety of everyone Absolutely. involved. Yep. We are now about eight months into the thick of this pandemic. For all of the economic impact, school closings, remote work, special efforts made to slow the spread, the last thing we want to do is unnecessarily expose large groups of people. That being said, I think that we've learned some effective ways to keep everyone as safe as possible while still being able to gather. The distance between attendees has been utilized effectively. One positive aspect of giant ballrooms is this large footprint we have available to us. Of course, masks are an easy way to help encourage safety as well as hand sanitizing stations, which we have seen at some of the current live and hybrid events. I'm so happy that we have these measures to keep everyone as healthy as possible, but still congregate. Being that we are social animals, there is nothing like that collective energy that comes from many people coming together for these events. The networking connections made, the impact left from a powerful presentation, these are all important aspects that make an event a huge success. Now that we have as a society studied contact tracing and implemented safety measures, these hybrid events have facilitated being able to host while creating a safe and healthy space. As we are here, exercising an example of a virtual event, a hybrid event, we have our special guest, Brian Seamrent, independent producer. Brian, welcome. Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear your commentary on hybrid events. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, really great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for being uh, here. Thanks. As uh, you know, the year has progressed. We've seen a lot of more kind of transition into a hybrid world. And uh, it's, it's really key to have uh, a digital first strategy to make sure you have that available to your attendees that want to participate uh, from their homes or from their workplaces that may not be able to travel to an on-site conference. But we are starting to see sort of a hybrid setup at facilities and venues where, as you mentioned, there's socially distanced uh, guidelines in place. And what's going to happen is that we're going to have, we're seeing, you know, more of a convergence of the two where you're bringing both audiences together. And because of that, you have a lot of new data that you never had before. And uh, you can, you, we really need to capitalize on that and just keep everybody engaged because clearly, you know, live events are, are not going to go away. They're going to come back, but we're going to see a hybrid of both together. And we need to be ready for that because there's an inherent need for people to connect. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Thank you for that, that commentary. Sure. Scott, what do you say about all of this? So I kind of want to touch on you know, what Brian was saying about, you know, the, and what you were saying, um, you know, that the events are going to come back. Um, I think that with this new, element because we've been doing it for years we've been we've, we've inserted people from an insert studio in san diego for a show in boston we've we've done that before now we're going to but now we're, we're that's becoming more of the focal point of that sort of that sort of delivery and speaking of the collective energy you're right there's no there's no replacing that collective energy of bringing a group together so we're going to get back to that point eventually um but we can definitely do it in a socially responsible way and I think that's going to be important moving forward. We can take any one of these designs that we have, the stage, we have a beautiful LED. I can be in Phoenix one day. I can be in Australia the next. 
it's uh, it probably has been before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm excited for for the future, um, and just imagine the possibilities. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. So in just a moment, we are going to cut to our Q and A. So please type in your questions if you haven't yet. As you can see, this is our set that we just mentioned. This is our hybrid event in which we are live. Our guest speaker is virtual. You, our audience, are virtual. And of course, we're gonna show you Colin and Ron again behind the scenes back there working those controls. So as we are exploring here, let's engage. Colin, do we have some questions? Yes. Uh... Anonymous wants to know, what's the biggest thing you miss about live events? I'll start. <laughs> Please do. Short and sweet. I miss hotel bacon. <laughs> yeah. Who can forget hotel bacon? Hotel bacon was awesome. <laughs> but honestly, it's, it's, the, it's the, com the camaraderie. Having yeah. been based in, in Phoenix um, and for the last 15-ish years, um, you know, we have friends, I have friends at the Kierland, I have friends at, at different venues at, at the Arizona Grand. And so when I get to come in and do a, a program there, I get to see friends I haven't seen in a few weeks or a few yeah. months or even a couple of years. Comrades. And, and yeah. comrades. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's great to see and, and to interact with different teams. Um, and, uh, and, and like you said, that just that collective energy, there's just... Yeah. It's electric. I agree. I think I miss the pressure. I, that, I was going to say, I miss the kind of controlled chaos of it all. That's yeah. when we do our best. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That, that adrenaline rush yeah. of is everything put together? Is everyone ready? Is everyone yeah. <laughs> ready to start? Everything's working the way it was at rehearsal. And right. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Brian? Yeah, that, yeah. You bring up a good point because when you do these virtual events, when the event is over, uh, it's not over because it continue. It has a life beyond that, and it keeps right. going and going and going. So when you were doing a live show, it would just end, you know. <laughs> you moved yeah. on to the. Yeah. Next uh, but I think uh, what I miss, and I think attendees miss, is the need to face-to-face uh, -face contact and networking. And absolutely, we as producers um, right now need to come up with creative ways to still engage our audience virtually, and that may be just. Uh, you know, having the polling features, the um, a, a way like sending a, a gift or a, a swag item from a sponsor to virtual attendees that you can engage with right. uh, during the conversation, just to create the excitement and also to keep the conversations. Little pop-up trivia, maybe. Yeah, something like <laughs> yeah. that. Those are great, and uh, I, I think. Uh, We'll get back there, but you see that there is definitely an inherent need for people to network. And if we can help people do that, that's the whole reason they're, they're meeting in the first place. For sure. Being a Absolutely. huge networker myself, I definitely miss that aspect of it, 100%. And I think it, it, it's, it's worth mentioning, too, uh, it's kind of a segue. As far as planning a virtual event or a hybrid event, um, what we've noticed, and I think other producers and other, other people that are doing this, um, would agree. What we've noticed is that the the prep time, the pre-production time, mm -hmm. is is so much more intensive during a virtual meeting than when we're just everybody on site. Because let's be honest, I'm not gonna lie. There's a couple of things that I think we all do when we we just <laughs> hey we'll figure it out when we get on site. Yeah. We don't have that luxury anymore. We have to figure out everything leading up to it. Luckily, we're pretty thorough people. We're pretty detail oriented. So, um, but to meeting planners out there that are exploring virtual events, I would, I would 
convey to you that 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 pre-production time is is so important now it's so important to get in touch with different speakers make sure everybody's lighting is right make sure there's no hampers full of t-shirts in the background right. or whatever you know focus and, on content creation yeah. yep. but you get more time to do that also like mm -hmm. you True. get time to manage the set and time to make sure the lighting is good instead of trying to pull it off in 24 hours That's right and all, all that money that they were putting into filet mignon dinners we can now put into content right yeah well no i still want dinner i do too <laughs> especially if it's bacon so uh the next question which is a follow-up question we have three questions so uh perfect the next follow-up question um is who has the best bacon <laughs> the best bacon hotel bacon i like denny's so i don't know i'm a i'm a kirlin guy Okay. But that's where I cut my teeth. So there are some great what chefs a, over there. Shout out to John Hancock. <laughs> oh my goodness, my, there, there are some my, great chefs over there. Yeah. My vote would be for uh, the Orlando World Center, uh, the pepper bacon there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, pepper bacon. Yeah. Yep. All right. So next question is, uh, what do revenue models look like for hybrid events versus how they were? Well, it depends on how you address that question if it's for the client as mm -hmm. far as engagement. So some of our clients are business coaches and they make their money from doing live events. And so it's been very challenging in that space specifically that I know of from hearing from these clients of getting more engagement, bringing on new clientele because you don't have that physical networking we were talking about. Right. But with that pivot, there's a buzzword, uh, with that pivot, they are starting to learn that it is different. It definitely doesn't, so far, does not have the impact that the live events do, but it's slowly picking up momentum. And I think part of that is because of the comfort level of some of the attendees, like we were talking about, mm -hmm. if you want to be live and ask questions versus being in the comfort of your own home. And I think as that picks up, there may be some future in that to increase. Anybody else want to weigh in there? Uh, I think from a, a dollar perspective too, we're uh, seeing uh, a lot of hotel costs are going down because you're not at the the venue, so you're yeah. there's some cost savings there. Sure. Uh, and uh, if you plan far enough ahead, uh, and which is hard to do in this environment right now sometimes, but uh, so there there is potentially um, more more action in terms of uh, production dollars that you can focus on content and just keep the uh, audience engaged. Right. So I, I think there's some, there's some moving around the budget buckets. Allocating out of a smaller yeah. budget, yeah. one that's yeah. right. not as much well, as And it. I think too, that what we're seeing and, and what we're experiencing, and I'm so thankful of this is, is kind of the cookie cutter meeting is going away. Um, you know, it, it's every, every event we, we spend time, we have to, we get to spend time speaking to the client, finding out what is, what is your motive here? What is, what is, what is the walkway? What are you trying to do? And go through each and every section of it. And the challenge to us as producers is to make every section of the event more entertaining. So we get to become much more intimately yeah. knowledgeable of the events, which I love. I love, I, I love I, knowing I agree. what we're doing. Fresh challenges. Yeah. Yes. It's forcing love a everyone challenge. to be creative, which is mm -hmm. good. It's amazing. We are an industry full of creatives. Yeah. So. 
right. right. And I think another point too is that a lot of attendees are getting Zoom fatigue from uh, too many Zoom meetings. So if if we as producers and uh, what uh, what you guys do so well is trying to make things look different and keep that engagement up and uh, get your message out so it's different so you stand out above the rest. Right. And that's the beauty of the virtual platform. There are so many things we can do to create mm -hmm. an exciting illusion without having to have so many things physically there. We're using technology to create that. Is All that right. the end of our questions, no. Colin? Uh, so we have three more questions. Perfect. Um, I love it. The next one I think I'll just handle uh, is, is how do we handle polling and virtual hybrid on virtual slash hybrid events and give us a call. There's like a billion different ways we can do this. Um, there's apps. There's I, I, do you guys want to mention any services? There's so many. I can't. <laughs> right. Whatever works best. For Unless they want to sponsor really us and then we can mention. The answer of how we wouldn't be able to do that, I think, is shorter than yeah. how we could. Yeah, yeah. All, the, all the platforms and solutions that we're, we're using, I, 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 let me backtrack on that. At right. least most, if not all, of mm -hmm. the platforms and solutions that we use to, to accomplish this goal have a back end to it um, that, and Brian had uh, alluded to this earlier, the analytics that are available now um, are crazy. And uh, so there's all kinds of polling, um, uh, viewership analytics, who's viewing from where. They, there's some that even get down to who paid attention mm -hmm. for how long. Right. Use that artificial I... intelligence mm -hmm. to our advantage yeah. is what we do. So if you have those questions, please feel free to email me. That's Candace, C-A-N-D-A-C-E at MSPSglobal.com. We're doing good things with good people. We are. <laughs> all right. Next question is... Uh, I don't see any content on your feeds. Do you do that? Question mark. Do we do content? We do everything. Yeah, we do content. <laughs> and, and by content, um, like lower thirds and, and things like that, absolutely, these are things that uh, uh, can absolutely be done. And that goes to speak to the pre-production side of it, too. So, so now we're, we're looking at... Um, instead of just introducing and having some walk-up music, you know, the, the lower third, there's all kinds of ways to make this virtual experience super shiny. Mm -hmm. And uh, content, we absolutely do do content. Absolutely. And everything from a lower third to uh, Cinema 4D fly-through. Excellent. Have you done hybrid events where a small group is in a hotel, but most are virtual? Those are what those are what are happening right, right now, yeah. actually. So we we are seeing hotel hotels are moving space, which we're all very happy to see that. That's great for the economy. That's great for large groups of people in the event industry, and that is what is happening. People are groups are coming in. They're renting space. We're having a much fewer number of attendees to consider the safety of everyone right. involved, but they are showing up. The, of course, your crews are usually physical and then you have uh, many presenters are coming in virtual. So we're, we are doing some of those actively. And the, the, the beauty of it too is, is because all these ballrooms are opening up, we don't need the, the 25,000 square foot ballrooms right. anymore. You know, you, we can go into a smaller, a smaller space with a, a stage like this and, and a, a, a LED screen like this. Um, one of the reasons that MSPS um, uh, 
was excited about being with the, the row, uh, that's the kind of LED we have, is, is the setup and teardown time is half of what other LED that's panels great. are. It's so fast. And yeah, these guys built this in like half a, a day. day. Yeah. <laughs> and then programming for another half a day. And mm -hmm. so we can load something like this in and be ready in a day. Usually it takes two or three days and then rehearsals and right. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but we've already done most of our rehearsals in pre-production. Yes. So, so larger, large scale productions for smaller groups. That That's one advantage right. with all of this. All right. So I think the last question that we have um, is towards Brian. Brian mentioned tracking. I'm assuming he meant attendee tracking. What solutions has been using data to help the end client track engagement? That one of the biggest things, especially for your on-demand uh, webcasts and virtual events, is to see how long a attendee was watching a program like let's say it's a key 20 minute keynote they only stayed on for 10 minutes and then if you're doing like a, if you've developed a community where you're taking your three-day event and putting it across let's say three months right and you're releasing uh 30 minutes of content per week you can refine your later time production to like have more engagement from attendees to make shorter content and more interactive sort of live Q and A and stuff. So you can really take that data and you can also find out who, if you, through your registrations, who's registering and what their titles are. So the days of sending a attendee list to a sponsor, you know, that stuff is available right away now and it's not after the fact. Yeah. Instant information. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for your time. Brian, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Absolutely. Brian. Time thank you. to educate and inform and hopefully entertain the masses. <laughs> so thank you, everyone, who engaged for Q&A. We are here every other week. So every other Thursday at 11 a.m., please tune in to the MSPS podcast broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Hashtag we are events. <laughs>